The International Association for Near-Death Studies presents NDE Radio, a weekly exploration of near-death experiences and similar encounters with the other side. Now, here's your host, Lee Whitting. Welcome to NDE Radio, brought to you by IANS, the International Association for Near-Death Studies. I'm your host, Lee Whitting. Our return guest today, James Bean, was last on NDE Radio some two years ago on the show of May 8, 2017. James is a comparative religion scholar and a book reviewer, author, public speaker, broadcaster, and podcaster with a broad familiarity with global religions and spiritual traditions. He's been involved with public radio, Radio for Peace International, the Community Radio Project, and Wisdom Radio where he was on for about a decade on Sirius Satellite Radio. And these days, James is an independent producer currently creating programs for several stations. James, welcome back to NDE Radio. It's great to be back. It's been a while. It's nice to be back on. Two years is too long. I'm, I, I was surprised that it had been this long. James, you recently did uh, really an amazing show for uh, Spiritually Awakening Radio entitled uh, Multiverses, Dimensions, and Near-Death Experiences. And in it, you described early mystical revelations that there are many, if not countless, worlds out there besides our Earth. And now that we seem to be in the process of destroying the Earth, <laughs> these worlds may, be, may represent other places we humans will wind up going to reincarnate when the Earth option is no longer available. But let's look into the some of the past things that you referred to on that show, the the mystics and the scientists and their poetic and, and insightful visions of of uh, the creation of the, the mul- multiplicity of the universe, if you will. Yeah, there have been some, through the intuitive path, the re- revelatory path, uh, even before the age of science, there were a few people way ahead of their time that talked about other worlds and dimensions. Uh, uh, Giordano Bruno, of course, who lived from 1548 to 1600 or so, uh, hmm. talked about there being countless suns and countless Earths rotating around their suns in the same way that the Earth rotates around uh, our our star, and that there are beings on some of those worlds. There are, there are other Earths out there. Uh, he was saying that, and he, he was actually a Christian herm, hermeticist, kind of metaphysical, Gnostic, you know, Catholic person from the Middle Ages. Uh, and then, of course, uh, further to the east, well, I, actually, I think I'll just read this poem from Giordano Bruno that kind of sums up his message. Thus is the excellence of God magnified, and the greatness of his kingdom made manifest he is glorified not in one, but in countless suns, not in a single earth, a single world, but in a thousand, thousand, I say, an infinity of worlds. Wow. The, the poetry version of his mm-hmm. teachings. Now, is this the reason the Catholics put him to death? Uh, I believe it is. Uh, there has been some debate about that and because of the... Uh, the office of the Inquisition, or whatever the specific name of it, uh, they kept their edicts secret. Uh, but actually, I, I heard a program recently. It was a SETI Institute-sponsored program saying oh. that indeed they took a look at some of the actual paperwork there, 
uh, of the um, kangaroo court, <laughs> you know, the, uh-huh. the inquisitors um, handing out death death sentences for people with slightly different theological system belief systems. Uh, weirdly enough, um, and, and yes, the other Earths uh, for them presented the the problem of there being other Christs to be, you know, on those other Earths, and they just had a, a they they couldn't really wrap their minds around the concept of other Earths mm. out there, and so of course the thing to do is to to kill the messenger. <laughs> <laughs> Which they did by burning him at the stake, as I recall. Burning as I him at the recall. stake. That's, that's how we treat our philosophers in the West. And further to the East, Guru Nanak at about the same time was uh, saying things like, uh, countless are the earths, uh, millions are the skies and solar systems, many millions are the moons and suns and stars, many times has the universal expanse occurred. That's from the Sikh scriptures of India at about mm. the same time. Uh, but he didn't get burned at the stake, though. They have icon. They make icons of him and celebrate his birthday and day of death. And he's uh, highly respected in uh, India. Well, uh, Christianity seems to have a starting point and a proposed end time. And uh, these other religions often are more circular. They see cycles going back to the beginning and starting over again. And that would probably leave room for more worlds to to come into existence. Yeah, yeah. Eastern religions in general have believe in multiple heavens, generally reincarnation, and other that there are other dimensions as well, and beings and things going on. So they don't really have a problem with any of that. Now there have been forms of Christianity that believe that as well. They're just not as popular in the Western world or got wiped out in the Middle Ages or earlier still. But, yeah, I've seen a few passages. Uh, in, in light of science, I think probably even Orthodox Christianity will notice a few passages from its own scriptures uh, that talk about God creating worlds, plural, and probably will adjust to the reality of whatever science will discover about exoplanets with life in the future and probably hmm. will eventually get to that same point of view. Well, I think some uh, some people who've had near-death experiences have had visions of other worlds and the possibility of our reincarnating on other planets and other forms. Uh, they're not That's not the most common uh, story that comes back with an NDE, but it's certainly there are some of them like that. Right, yeah. Near-death experiences parallels the the mystic journey. Mm. Uh, It's just a more drastic way of getting out of your body, of course. Having a near-death experience gets you there all at at once in a hurry. Uh, Whereas the mystics take time to meditate and, and, you know, kind of gradually um, explore those inner, inner, inner worlds, other worlds. Uh, But they're very similar. They parallel each other quite nicely. I've always enjoyed reading about various uh, near-death accounts, uh, Pam Reynolds especially, her her NDE, uh, mm. and kind of notice the parallels between her experience and and what other people try to do through meditation. Yeah, and uh, meditation is a is a good alternative, for sure, to, um, to actually dying in an accident or as a result of a heart attack or something like that. Right, 
can get to benefit. The masses can potentially benefit uh, from that same insight. The, the, the astronauts talk about the overview effect. You know, when you get into Earth orbit and look down on the Earth, and at last you you see, hey, that's the planet that we all live on, and it becomes more real. And uh, so too, in uh, through through spiritual ex- experience, we gain new insight uh, into life and living and. And so it's a valuable thing, however you get there. You know, it does change one to have some sense that there's more than just the the world of the five senses of the physical realm. I was trying to uh, remember last night, and I couldn't come up with any examples of uh, people who practice astral projection, who consciously reach a point where they can leave their bodies attached by a silver cord and go to other places, whether <clears throat> whether some of those other places include entire, entirely different worlds or not. Have you encountered any stories like that? Yeah, online there's some groups over the years of people that, that experiment. They're, in the West, uh, typically they're not part of a spiritual path, uh, an organized thing, and they're just getting some hem sync tape or CD or, you know, and experimenting on their own. And they can have good experiences. They might have uh, negative experiences too. A cold breeze blows through the through the room, and an encounter with a negative entity of some sort. So, with the mystical tradition, you know, of, of you know Kabbalah or Sant Mat, Sufism, uh, Orthodox mysticism, you know, you get some instructions and stay uh, in order to stay out of the bad astral neighborhood, so to speak. <laughs> Hmm. Uh, but I think I think it's possible for most anyone to have that sort of sense of other dimensions, or you know, can begin their own journey into the the kingdom of the heavens if they're just able to transcend the the monkey mind, the thoughts, you know, all those things when you first uh, encounter sitting down trying to meditate for the first time. If you can kind of get past that struggle phase uh, and then just sit and enjoy, relax, then uh, you can get to those inner levels. One of the things that uh, always struck me, I had a friend years ago who had a um, Gromal seizure, and she said when she came out of it uh, that when her brain was totally zapped by whatever electrical current was going or not going through it, she said, for a moment, I had the answer to every question I'd ever wondered about or ever asked. And um, it's it's shutting down the brain, really, is the is the goal of meditation, too, in, in a way. it's uh, The brain seems to be the obstacle that turns everything into a 3D interpretation of what's much vaster and more important to our way of thinking. Right. Uh, be still and know that I am God, Psalm. 4610, the idea of, um, of, uh, dying to self temporarily. You know, I, St. Paul said, I die daily. And in the East, there are people that in their poetry, they talk about death before dying through their spiritual practice. And just to find the off button, you know, um, on the mind, the ego, the physical world, the five senses, just to shut things off and, uh, explore that inner space or the the spirit and see what that's like and you know notice that neglected part of ourselves 
and spend a little bit of time there. And so it's it's something that people aren't accustomed to. Everything has to be thoughts or deeds uh, and not just being. So it's good to just be able to be in that spiritual state for a while. And that's just another name for meditation or contemplation. Mm-hmm. One of the quotes you sent me was this Yeshua, Greek Gospel of Thomas, um, recognize what is before you and what is hidden from you will be revealed to you. For there's uh, yeah. nothing, for there's nothing hidden that will not be revealed, nor anything buried which will not be raised, which in a way implies, um, I mean, you could take it from a meditational point of view, but you can also take it from a, an interaction with what is standing in front of you. I mean, the consciousness that is the world. Yeah, there's a a lot that is in front of us that we don't see, and that is an interesting thing that. The human race is very good at uh, not seeing, you know, the, mm-hmm. not seeing the obvious in in on many levels. Uh, it's al- almost like Plato's cave, where we we're we're looking, but all we're seeing are the shadows of the uh, of the things that really exist. Yes, or seeing through a glass darkly. Uh, yeah, right. we're we're not. Um, Fully aware of the full spectrum, uh, or, or not even fully aware of other human beings and and what's going on in the world, much lo- less in the the heavens. And but we can can if we can just kind of break out of our normal process, you know, walk through the woods, meditation, uh, read a a book, um, sit and ponder. We can find some escape route to get out of our normal routine and see things from a different angle of vision what how the, therapeutic uh, that is yeah one of the one of the recommendations and i'm not recommending it but uh the uh one of the things that for instance lsd does is it opens your eyes to a new way of seeing what what has become uh habitual and ordinary to you in your ordinary life suddenly you're looking at you feel like the the sunset of sunsets or the the leaf on the tree that is the leaf of all leaves you know the penultimate leaf because suddenly you're seeing what's always there in front of you but you're seeing it with uh, with new eyes because That's of what the they ca- say yes they, there are think, some eloquent descriptions uh, along those lines uh, Ram Dass right was a, a big promoter of that right uh, at one time and then he then he went into eastern religions and and so for him it was a transition to meditation but he had yes. to break out of his conventional thinking first and that's the route he took <laughs> <laughs> well it uh it does open your eyes i can recall uh, from uh what 40 years ago learning things by that, by that route, but um, no more, no more. Anyway, yeah. meditation uh, is a, a chemical-free way to get there. Uh, I uh, one of the one of the former members of the board at Ions though was a, a, psych, a psychologist who uh, made several trips down to um, uh, the Central America to to um, meet a shaman and and partake of ayahuasca, which is you know, another hallucinogen. And uh, his experience with it was that there were beings on the other side. <laughs> One 
one one story that I'd heard from uh, an ayahuasca experience was that uh, the fellow took this uh, chemical and uh, he saw these serpent-like beings that told him that they were the actual creators of the universe and they they were the the source of everything. And he came back when he woke up and he told his shaman about that. The guy said, the shaman said, uh, "Oh yeah, they always say that." Ah. <laughs> So you wow. can be you can be distracted uh, and and misled even uh, going through an experience like that, or maybe especially by going through an experience like that. Yeah, I've heard that before about ayahuasca. You know, weird weird things going on on the ayahuasca channel. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that. Uh, you know, that's kind of the astral plane. Sounds like sounds like you need a vacation from your vacation after that. that yes. Yes. <laughs> well, tell us about some of the er- other early insights that um, uh, you sent me. Some amazing poetry. This uh, Guru Granth is it, right. Uh, the Sikh scriptures of India, um, and yeah, as the bubbles in the water well up and disappear again, so the universe is created. Says Nanak. Uh, the whole idea of bubble universes are. You know that's that was around before M theory and quantum physics and all, all the science. Yeah, I mean that, that that's a um, amazing insight because it's it's on the cutting edge of physics that they're talking about something like that, and here's someone who either either saw it in a vision or who knows maybe figured it out from an earlier. Uh, I, I you know I don't know how you explain that kind of leap forward. It's almost like Da Vinci designing helicopters or something along those lines. Yeah, sometimes uh, folks will take that giant leap forward through the through insight, intuition, meditation, getting a vision, and yes, you know the idea that the uh, the the Earth rotates around the Sun instead of the Sun rotating around the Earth, Copernicus. Uh, right. Yep. There's some. Something to be said for, well, the Sikh scriptures in particular uh, were advocating, you know, that there's other other earths, you know, and that's all in writing from a few centuries ago. <laughs> hmm. And there's a Sikh Wikipedia page; they have their own Wikipedia, and they were saying, "Hey, they're they're ignoring us, you know. This is pretty amazing, you know, in our scriptures that we talk about other earths, you know, and and uh, no one's noticing us, you know. Hey, scientists." Hmm. Notice this, <laughs> <laughs> and it's yeah. was it the, it was the uh, Sufi that said uh, 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 only the one who knows the mystic art of dying while living knows the real secret. Should you talk about that a little bit? Yes, death before dying, or dying to live, or die so you won't have to die again. There are different verses of poetry in uh, the East that speak of uh, death before dying and um, through spiritual practice. Now, that's, uh, this takes a different uh, turn, at least as far this is more like a, a Christian idea that, that uh, and I'll, I'll read some of the lines that you sent me from, from this, um, Begone, foul world, beguile me no more. I'm already <laughs> in anguish about my stay here. I mean, this sounds this sounds so Christian. I'm a wayfarer. My home is far away, you know, in, right, in right. heavens. And you have enticed me with false promises. 
Only if you forsake the world and die while living can you find the Lord. Oh, right. Bahu. But it could be, oh, oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, ama- it's amazing. And that's, you know, I think that's n- as much as I admire um, the Sufis. I, th- I think that's not giving the earth enough credit for for what it can provide for us. Well, these same folks uh, quite often uh, in the mystic tradition, you know, that speak of the earth as an illusion. You know, it's a kind of Eastern religion 101 about the earth being illusion or physical, the physical realm being illusion. But at the mm-hmm. same time, uh, they have a lot of ethical standards and, and uh, teach uh, compassion. And so, and then this is true of Buddhism uh, as well. And so it may be illusion or temporary. We're just renters. We're not owners here. We're just temporarily just in this world or passing through. Uh, but they, their message really uh, typically is not to treat the world as a trash can <laughs> or right. to, to not care, uh, but uh, to care very much and make it into a sacred experience. Uh, and so it's an illusion, but we have our corner of the universe we have our sphere of influence and should should use it wisely and make it into something positive Hmm. i also thought while we were contemplating this program about the matrix movies and how the matrix theme that that the reality that most people were living in was just an illusion came about because they had already destroyed the earth and uh and so when the machines took over, they just generated a, an artificial, a virtual world for people to live in, uh, because we'd we'd done that all that damage already, and in a way we may be going in that direction now. I mean, we're kids don't go out and play in the woods anymore. They sit down with their computers or their or their phones and and work in virtual worlds with virtual characters and and they're just they're just not they're just not out there anymore i mean you and i live in maine and we're surrounded by nature but an awful lot of kids in in dark corners of the cities that where the streets are dangerous to go out i mean you can't go to the park you you might get killed if you go to the park so uh it's it's right and astronauts in the future they they speak of uh you know virtual reality to kind of give them something to do to stay sane confined mm. in a small space because uh yeah i'll talk about we'll have to talk about space travel sometimes they're they're having the serving time in a in a small confined space <laughs> approach to space travel still and uh <laughs> so you have to have some virtual reality escape you know to some nice green meadow to look at as you're serving time serving out your sentence aboard the the Mars craft. <laughs> right, right. So will they will they give you a screen to look at or will they put you to sleep and implant dreams, do you suppose? Oh, well, if they're able to do that at some point, they will perhaps uh, contemplate doing that. <laughs> I, th- I think they're pretty close to being able to, you know, zap different parts of your brain and stimulate memories or perhaps implant False memories. Who knows? It's, yeah, direct uh, it, interface, computer brain interface. I think Elon Musk already has some some designs or uh, you know or prototypes for that. 
Yeah, we've we've been watching uh, uh, some of the Philip K. Dick stories on um, Amazon Prime, and uh, he, he was seeing all this, the possibilities of all this stuff um, long before. But of course, sci-fi writers do generate a lot of the ideas that then actually come to be because some scientist somewhere says, oh, that's an interesting idea. Let's see if we can do it. Right. Yeah, science fiction is a is humanity's collective dreaming in a sense and visualizing the different future scenarios and sometimes they come true. Yeah, that's a nice way to put it, our collective dreaming. Um, do, what, what's your take on earlier civilizations you think there's a prehistoric i mean pre-written history or remembered history where we where we came up with um technology that might actually have wiped us out at an earlier time uh the atlantis myth or Mm. uh, in a sense mirrored by the books of enoch implied in in genesis about uh, some arrogant civilization that fell, kind of the Atlantis story that's associated with a flood story mm-hmm. at the same time. It's certainly a moral lesson for us to not go in that direction, too. Um, they do say that. There's a, a lot of uh, religions that believe in a past epoch before recorded history. Uh, previous yugas in India were in the Kali Yuga at present, but in previous yugas, there were humans in lifespans and great civilizations. Mm. Uh, and that could either be interpreted as physical, but it could could be interpreted as as other dimensional. Like in the Book of Enoch, the Garden of Eden is actually on uh, the what, third plane, I believe it is, the third level or paradise, the third heaven, and the one still exists Paul now. The Garden of Eden still exists there oh. in this other dim- in this other dimension. <laughs> <laughs> um, the um, Mahabharata tells stories that sound very much like nuclear war, uh, blinding flashes of light, and that and is true. <laughs> animals and and people rushing into the river and their skin melting and all you know, getting trying to wash the radiation off their bodies before they die. Uh, that so true. It, that stuff may already have uh, may have already occurred and may again if we keep on the path we're going. Yeah, flying craft are described in some of those Hindu myths, and yes, that is rather curious. That's for <laughs> sure. Well, James, we're just about out of time here, but I'm thinking we should go on and do a uh, another. Another show, maybe talk about the spiritual, um, uh, positive things about, about the earth and our environment and why we should, uh, be trying to put those fires out in the Amazon rather than feeding them, you know, as the farmers light more of them, I guess, every day. Right. Uh, to, to not check the apocalypse box, but to uncheck the apocalypse box and, and think about how we may have a better future, create a better future. Exactly. Well, I think we have to wrap it up for now, though. Um, so thanks, uh, James, for, for uh, today's show, and we'll do, we'll do one next week as well. That sounds um, wonderful. 
In the meantime, I'll be at the upcoming IONS conference near Philadelphia uh, Thursday through Sunday of this week, and I hope I'll see some of this audience out there as well. For more of that, please go to IONS.org. And join us again next Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern, for more NDE Radio. This is Lee Whitting saying thanks for listening. <laughs>